baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We have no answers as to what to do about these homeless encampments here in the Twin Cities. It's been an ongoing issue in Minneapolis and in St. Paul for years. Not long ago, when I was doing volunteer work for People Serving People, a homeless shelter in downtown Minneapolis, our challenge was convincing people that homelessness was a problem in Minnesota because we didn't have a very visible homeless population. That has changed post-COVID. And in fact, it has ravaged some of our neighborhoods. I have empathy for the people who are in these encampments. They're all, it is a complicated problem. There are all sorts of issues from mental health to addiction to poverty. And then the safety issues, right? If you live near one of these encampments, if you live in the encampment, last night a fire or yesterday a fire wipes out what they call Camp Nino Kasi, and everyone evacuated. A couple people were hurt, two people, minor injuries. Luckily, that was as bad as it was, but it could have been much worse. So today I was thinking about anybody, anywhere in the country that's had some success. And what, you know, somebody has to, this is not a unique Minnesota problem. It's everywhere. Somebody's got to have some guidance for us. And I found the story of Reno, Nevada, where Reno was concerned it was going to become another San Francisco as far as homeless and the unhoused all over the streets. But Reno has taken action and had some success. Alexis Hill is the Washoe County Commission chair, and she joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Alexis, I'm so glad you joined us, and I'm so interested to hear what you guys have found and kind of what what made you take really aggressive action in Reno. Well, thank you so much for the invitation, and it's a joy to share some of the victories that we've had. It's still an ongoing issue, certainly, but um, we have seen a real um, reduction of homeless, homelessness on the streets of Reno, a 40% reduction since we opened our CARES campus in uh, the city of Reno. So tell me, what what was the situation that kind of led to you guys really uh, saying, as a city and a county, we, we need to get something more aggressive than what we were doing before? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was COVID. I think it really made our community wake up to the issue. We always had a homelessness issue in Reno, certainly, um, but it was not as visible as it was in COVID. Reno is a very desirable place to come and live now because we have a great outdoor um, uh, and be- beautiful outdoors, and um, the cost of living is relatively low. And so that made rents go very, very high. So our homelessness population more than doubled. Uh, and so we saw that, you know, the evidence on the streets, and we saw that we had to work together as a region. And what we did was, for the first time, 
work together to solve homelessness by using federal resources, that CARES money and the ARPA money, um, and um, invested it in one big campus for uh, folks who are homeless. And we have seen uh, dramatic results. What 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 were some of the challenges? Because here in Minnesota, part of the challenge that we have is that the city, the city of Minneapolis, looks at it and says, look, the homeless population, it's not just it's not just Minneapolis people. It's people from all over the region. So we as a city, we can't carry this burden alone. Did did you face some of that uh, as well? Oh, certainly. And I think the city of Reno actually was trying to do everything that they could to support the homelessness issue in downtown Reno. Um, and the county was supporting a women's shelter. Mm. And the city of Sparks had its own program as well. So everyone's and doing their own silo. <laughs> everyone's doing their own thing. Exactly. And what we realized is, oh, we have to work together. We adopted the Built for Zero program, which is a program by Community Solutions that's received a MacArthur Genius Grant Award because it is helping communities just like yours, just like mine, uh, reduce their homelessness populations by looking at each individual and looking at how to meet their needs and also documenting in a federal system how you're helping them. So you don't have numerous ca- caseworkers helping one person. You have one caseworker helping that one person find all of the opportunities for housing um, and support in your uh, community. And everyone works through the same system. So it's really been a game changer. We are talking uh with the chair of the Washoe County uh, Board of Commissioners, Alexis Hill. What, you know, you haven't wiped it out. You haven't wiped it no, out. No, uh, certainly it, not. Is it possible? Is it possible to wipe it out? Because we just, we have, you know, you, the city comes in and clears out uh, one of these homeless encampments. And you see this all over the country. I know people have come to you guys to say, like, how did you do it? How is it working? But here you'll see like a homeless encampment get cleared out, which always seems cruel. But you also think about what it's like to be living next to one of these places. And that certainly seems cruel as well. But people just relocate. So even if you have open beds in some cases in shelters, people are saying, well, like, I don't choose that. That's not that's not the environment I want to be in either. Right, right. I think what we are working towards is um, zero uh, chronic homelessness. So we don't want folks to be um, both in our emergency shelter and um, on the streets for more than a year. And we're looking for zero veterans homelessness. We understand that folks are going to certainly um, lose a job, be out on the street, have a, a domestic violence situation, be out on the street, et cetera. Um, but we also know that there's no excuse for chronic or veterans homelessness. So what we do is um, we are stabilizing people. They come into the CARES campus. There's options on how they can seek their housing journey. They can do both the communal um, campus, but we also have a safe camp, these little mod pods where people could, if they're not comfortable with a communal setting, they can go and apply to be in the safe camp. And so we're meeting people where they're at. If they have a partner, they're allowed to be on the campus. If they have a pet, they're allowed to be on the campus. If they have possessions, they're allowed to be on the campus. We've organized all of that um, to ensure that we're... 
that's, that's that's different. That is different because a lot of shelters you can't bring a pet or you can't bring a partner or or it's or you're a single person and they're like, no, this is a family shelter. So so having that flexibility does seem key. It is. It is. We want to ensure that there's as few boundaries and barriers um, for them to come and accept support from the county. And we, um, when we first opened the shelter, we didn't have enough staff and we, we learned very quickly. We needed a one to 30, uh, one caseworker per 30 people ratio. We also are working with, um, a local, um, uh, community hospital who has, um, with COVID support and some philanthropy support have, um, set up a hospital next to our campus where our uh, constituents can get walk-up pharmacy support, can work with a nurse, can work with a mental health care provider. So we have everything on campus and the reputation for our campus has improved greatly and people are now more open to coming. Um, certainly in the winter months, uh, we have seen an increase in population at the campus and we are not turning people away. We are ensuring that they get on site and we get them a casework. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. What do you do with addiction issues? Because that, I think, is a large, a large challenge in trying to get people into emergency housing. For obvious reasons, many shelters don't allow drinking or drugs, right? And so how do you deal with that? Because I, I, I do get the sense that that is one of the major issues here in the Twin Cities as far as getting people into emergency shelter. What, what our rule is, is that you cannot take your alcohol or drugs on the campus. We search your bags. Um, there's not as much privacy as some people would like when they come on the CARES campus, but people um, understand that it's a safety issue because it's also you can't bring a weapon on site. Right. Um, and But you can be intoxicated when you come in our doors. It's not like we love that. It's not our right. favorite thing. <laughs> right. but. Certainly, we're not going to turn you away from a warm bed because of intoxication, but we are, we expect, and we talk to every person coming through our doors, we expect that you work with us on your housing journey, whether it's getting your ID, whether it's going to a job interview, going to the doctor, whether it's reaching out to some family members that may want to give you a second chance. We are asking you to start those steps of going on that journey, and a lot of people are bought into that program because you get rewards through our system. You get your own cubby, um, which is like a little a little mm-hmm. spot for you to have your bed and your belongings that's not in a communal area yeah. if you are further along on your housing journey or if you have a job. So we are doing an incentive-based program, and it, it is working. We have housed over 600 people in permanent housing with very low recidivism rates that actually have been decreasing. Um, the next uh, step is tenancy support to ensure people are supported once they're in housing which we're working on, but um, we are feeling like the, the system's working. It's just we've got to continue to support it. Alexis Hill is with us from Washoe County near Reno, uh, Reno Nevada. Uh, what, what advice would you give, you know, the people here in Minnesota who are 
you know, just it's sort of that last that last mile of this. Many, many of the people who the real challenge, they don't want to go to the emergency housing. Obviously, you have, you know, a long term approach where there needs to be more affordable housing, more support for addiction, mental health. All of that is still in play. But the problem, the immediate problem is, is that it's just not safe to have people living out on the street and and living in these encampments. Certainly. I mean, I will tell you that the city of Reno and the city of Sparks, um, who are within Washoe County, have adopted ordinances that make it illegal to camp um, or um, to be near um, the a body of water mm. for a certain or river for a certain amount of time or in um, a, a vehicle. Um, the county is considering those ordinances, but we also don't want to criminalize being homelessness because our, we run the jail and we don't want the jail to be overrun with folks who just need a house. So we're trying to balance that approach. Um, but I think the key is understanding, okay, we have so many resources in our community, and I'm sure y'all have amazing resources as well. How do we work together and coordinate the resources? We found we had 300 beds that were not being used because they had barriers to them. They had, you had to be sober or you had to be a veteran or you had, like you were saying, you, you had to be a, a family or you, you had to be single or whatever the case may be. And we are working with those organizations, those nonprofits to say, okay, what barriers make sense for you and your organization and what makes sense for the county and how can we work with you to get people in these open beds? So it's just a lot of talking to people in coordination. And the more, the more I work in local government, the more I see that that's the solution to getting things done. Really good information, Alexis. A little inspiration uh, to think about. So thanks for being with us. Alexis Hill from Washoe County, Nevada. 550, back in a minute here on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.